Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. As you sit and you look, it turns out this summer I will have been pastor here at St. John Lutheran Church for seven years. And by now as we come to the end of seven years together, you have started to notice some of my little flaws. You know, things like, I never really have much to say, do I? And I really have trouble being the center of attention. And I have a hard time sharing my opinions on things with people. Okay, well, maybe not so much. But you know, I've always felt like I had some pretty good biblical role models. Like Peter, who couldn't help himself and kept opening his mouth even though he also kept putting his foot right into it. Or Paul. Paul, who was so sure of himself that he would send letters off to people he had never met in order to tell them, in part, how wrong they were and how right he is. Or even Moses, who argued with God about the fate of Israel. And then, every year, on this second Sunday of Easter, we run into Thomas. Thomas, the one who has gone down in history as the doubter. The story goes that for some reason Thomas was not around on Easter Sunday. Thomas apparently didn't get the message that everyone else got that Easter Sunday is the one day above all others that everybody shows up. So Thomas wasn't there. All the disciples, they were in one spot. They were hiding together. They were afraid that the authorities might do to them precisely what they just saw them do to Jesus. Now the gospel doesn't tell us where Thomas was that day. It could be that he was off hiding in another place. I wonder if he went back to work. After all, Jesus had been killed and After three years of following him around, there had to be bills to pay. So maybe he went back to his old life. Maybe he just went out for a gallon of milk. We just don't know. But for whatever reason, Thomas was not there when the rest of the disciples met the risen Lord. To be clear, the other disciples did not believe the resurrection until they saw Jesus' wounds. Right? They talked with him. They saw his wounds. They spent time with him. So much so that Jesus shows up into the room and he says, Peace be with you. And the disciples kind of look around and they go, What? And then John tells the story. John says, And then Jesus showed, him, showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. And they rejoiced. Because they had seen the Lord after they saw. But not Thomas. Thomas wasn't there. And so Thomas had some questions. For those questions, Thomas has been known as the doubter for the rest of history. Now, despite the similarities that I may have with Peter's big mouth or with Paul's assertiveness... I feel a real connection with Thomas, a real affinity for Thomas. And I think that Thomas has gotten 
an unfair treatment by history. I don't know about you, but like Thomas, I often have questions. I have questions about why this world is the way that it is. I have questions about why things happen the way that they do. Questions about the events of my life and the events of people that I love, their lives. And yes, your pastor continues to have questions about God. And I think we've gotten ourselves a bit turned, on, turned around about doubts and about questions. We tend to think that doubt is the absence of faith. That doubt is the opposite of faith. It makes some sense, right? We tend to think doubt is bad and, and confidence is good. Faith is good. It makes some sense. But it's completely backwards. The truth is that people who seem to have the most confidence are usually just the best at hiding their doubts. The people who seem to be the most confident are usually the ones who are just good at hiding their fears. What about those people who have questions? What about those people who have doubts? Very often, they have stronger faith than any of the rest of us because it takes courage, it takes faith to ask questions. In fact, I would go so far as to argue that questions and doubts are necessary for us to grow in faith. Again, our scriptures are full of people with holy doubts. People who have faithful questions. You begin at the beginning with Abraham who doubted whether or not God would provide a child for he and for Sarah. Moses who had questions about the future of God's people. Even Jesus, there in the garden as he prays. Jesus, who asks if things really have to happen in this way. Are you sure, God? Holy doubts and faithful questions. You see, the people who ask questions learn new things. The people who ask questions grow. The people who have doubts learn new things about God, about their lives, and about faith. Remember, it's been a number of years now since Mother Teresa died. But shortly after she died, a couple of years after she died, they found her letters and her journals. And as they were looking through those letters and those journals, it turns out that Mother Teresa... Mother Teresa, who, who did more to proclaim Christian love. Mother Teresa, who did more to proclaim God's generosity. Mother Teresa, who did more to care for those that the world has forgotten than just about anybody else in recent history. Mother Teresa had doubts. She had questions. And she shared them with her friends, seeking answers. Seeking to know more, to understand more. And, and not just a little bit. Teresa was a full-blown doubting Thomas. Questioning even God's existence at times. 
Not for a few weeks or a day or a few months or even a few years, but for 30 plus years, Mother Teresa, moving more quickly through the sainthood process in the Roman Catholic Church than anybody in recent memory, Mother Teresa had questions and doubts. Is anyone here not sure whether or not Teresa was a person of faith? Doubts and questions are the road to faith. Doubts and questions are the road to faith. The other disciples they had seen Jesus, all Thomas wanted was the same things that they had gotten. The same evidence that they had. Who among us wouldn't want the same? Who among us wouldn't want to see Jesus if we could? Who wouldn't want to talk with him, to share a meal with him? Wouldn't you? I would. I would. For the sake of my faith, you bet I would. Truth is, this world is full of Thomases. This world is full of people who are desperately longing to see Jesus. This world is full of people who are hurting, people who are lonely, people who are seeking. They want to see Jesus. Did you get what Jesus did once he met the disciples? He sent them out to those people who want to see Jesus. Receive the Holy Spirit, said Jesus. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Wow. Now that's a tall order. Quite frankly, I don't know about you, but I have trouble with a mission as simple as go to H-E-B and pick up the groceries. But this... Wow, this is a big deal. This is not a little errand. This is mission with a capital M. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Let that sink in. Think about all that Jesus did during his ministry. Think about the preaching. Reaching out to the poor. Loving the sinners. Healing the sick. As the Father has sent me, so I now send you. That is what Jesus says to us. That is what Jesus says to these six confirmands today. As the Father has sent me, so I now send you. Go out there. Go out there and be Christ. Be Jesus to the world. Because like Thomas. Like Thomas, they were not here. Like Thomas, they have not seen. You, you have a privilege. You have a privilege. You have been here. You have been in this place and you have had the opportunity to meet Jesus. You have gathered with him for a meal around this table. Now, just maybe you don't think two years of confirmation class were a privilege. And that's all right. I didn't when I was your age either. Truth is, though, they were. They were a preparation. They were a training. Zach and Colson, Gracie, Emily, Corey, and Chase. Today is not the end. 
Today is not the end. Today is a beginning. Today is the beginning of a life of being Christ to the world. Today is a beginning of showing Jesus to those who want to see him. A beginning of coming here to this place, returning here to this place to learn more. Returning here to this place to receive more of God's grace at this table and in this community. To be strengthened for the mission you've been given. Because as Jake and Elwood Blues would say, we're on a mission from God. Let me tell you the rest of the story about Thomas. There's not a whole lot more about Thomas in the Bible. But if we turn to early Christian tradition, we hear that after seeing the risen Christ, Thomas goes to India. And there in India, Thomas was thrown into prison. And yet he continued to share the good news. He continued to show people Jesus, to tell them about Jesus. He continued to feed the poor and the hungry. He went so far as to, let's say, borrow a little bit of money from the royal treasury to make sure that the poor of the country were fed. And he boldly faced his execution there in India. But the story of Thomas doesn't even end there when he died for his faith. A millennia later, over a thousand years, Later, European missionaries arrive in India to bring the gospel to that place. And when they arrive on the shores of India, they discover this small group of Indians who already knew Jesus. They had been separated from the rest of the Christian world, from the Western Christian world, for centuries and centuries and centuries, tucked away in a corner of India. This group that was known as, is known, continues to be known as the Martoma Church, the St. Thomas Church, Thomas's Christians, the people to whom Thomas showed Jesus. Because through his doubts, through his questions, perhaps even because, precisely because of his doubts and his questions, Thomas showed Christ to countless generations. Maybe on this day of confirmation, maybe as we continue to celebrate the great joy of Easter, maybe it's time for this place to be a church of Thomas, to be a place where we can ask Questions to be a place where we can have doubts. And above all else, to be a place where we can show Christ to the world through our love and through our kindness and through our generosity and through our patience. Showing Jesus to the world. Thomas Christians. Because as the Father has sent Jesus, so Jesus, now this day, sends you. Peace be with you.